black, blue, rasp, straw. What do these things have in common? They've all been very, very good to me. They've been very, very good to you? E. Very, very good to you. He, she who would pun would steal candy from a child. Kid doesn't eat all that candy anyway. That's true. Welcome to the show, the Berry Berry Good Show. And today our topic of discussion is, okay, wait for it, people. Berries! How about that? Berries. We're going to talk about berries. Now, we have done a little bitty tiny bit of berries Here in there. the past. Here and there. But we're really going to hit it today. We're going to talk about berries. All kinds of stuff about berries. And since I have absolutely no idea what we're going to be talking about <laughs> berries, I'm going to turn it over to her because this is all her idea and we haven't talked about it. So Because I've been working with my berries. And when I first started on growing things in my garden, I was a little intimidated by the cane berries, uh, blackberries, raspberries, um, all those guys. Because when you read about them, they're always talking about floricanes and primal canes and how you need to prune them and this and that and the other. It sounded complicated. But we had an old fence line between us and our neighbor that neither the neighbor or we really care about. So I thought, you know, what the heck? It's the end of the season. The berries are selling for cheap. So one year, about, oh, 12 years ago, maybe, I just grabbed one of those uh, cheap pots of berries Stuck it in the ground and hoped for the best. And discovered that's pretty much what you need to do with raspberries. At least in our part of the country. At least in our home, which is far from wild blackberries. I'll get back to that in a moment. So, turns out, all that stuff that they talk about taking care of the berries, if you want to have a berry patch that looks good and is optimally productive and easiest to pick... You probably need to do all those things. If, on the other hand, you just want to stick something in the ground and then come back every spring or early summer and pick a bunch of berries and eat them, you don't have to do any of that. Or, to be fair, watch birds pick a bunch of your berries and eat them. Yes. So there's that, too. The birds like the berries, too. In fact, my my first harvest, first harvests are always puny. My first harvest, we went on a, a long weekend vacation right when the berries came ripe, and the birds got almost all of them. And we came back and she was like, ah, my berries! Ah. I waited for those. I, I watched them grow from little bitty flowers, which are great bee attractors, by the way, all the way to big, luscious, almost but not quite ripe berries. And then the stinking birds ate them all before I come, came back. Uh, so I bought some bird net netting the next year, and now I toss bird netting over them when the first ones start coming ripe, and that saves most of them for me. Or if there are lots and lots of berries, I don't want them all anyway. I say heck with it and let the birds have a share. But we we do end up with lots and lots of berries, like lots of berries. Yeah, they are aggressive and they grow to be lots of berries. Here's how I found that I really do need to take care of the berries. Uh, what they, the cane berries, blackberries and raspberries, they sprout these canes. And where the ends of these canes touch the ground, 
they'll often root and start a new plant there. So while they are still in the arching over, getting ready to touch the ground phase, I snake them over and let them touch the ground close to the fence, where I want. The fence line is now essentially berries. The little amount of bad wire in there makes no difference to anybody. The real barrier now is the berries and the canes. And I just uh, thread the canes in there when I want them to take root. If the dry ones get annoying and in my way, I cut them off. Otherwise, I leave them there. If they sprout over and land somewhere I, I don't particularly want the berries to go, I can either run over them with a lawnmower or I can uh, dig them up and plant them somewhere else. Because once they've rooted, you can cut the uh, arch, oh, about 18 inches up from the one you want to dig up, the side you want to dig up, which is the new side. Um, dig that up and go plant it somewhere else. That's where I've got a lot of my berry plantings at the place from, is from the uh, couple of vines I bought and put at home. So how's that going at the place? At the place, it's, yeah, some success, some not success. The ground is not very good in the spot where I'm trying to put them for berries. We have areas at the place that berries like very well, and we have areas they don't like as well. And I can't really tell by looking at it what the difference is, because we have two ridge tops, and one of them, the, the blackberries that are wild, grow really well and abundant and big and tasty. So I go pick them every year. And the other side, they grow, but they grow scrawny and small. And the place where I happen to want a fence of living berry is on the side where they happen to go scrawny and small. So I planted a variety of, of different berry strains there, seeing what would like the spot. And I'm getting a few berries off them, and they're spreading a little bit, but not as fast as I'd like. There really is only one of the things they say you have to pay attention to with berries that I found was absolutely true for me when it comes to taking care of them. If you don't know berries very well, the difference between blackberries and raspberries is not color. It's when you pull the berry off, the, the core of the blackberry comes with it. So you got this berry around a little bit of a pith core. When it's a raspberry, you pull off a raspberry and this hollow little cup of berry comes off in your hand and the stem that it grew on stays on the plant. So raspberries are hollow, blackberries are not hollow. Raspberries come in a variety of colors. They've got red ones, they've got golden ones, they've got black ones. The black ones probably have some genetics shared with blackberries because they share a disease pest with blackberries. And if you plant black raspberries anywhere near blackberries, either wild or potentially domestic, uh, within like 100 feet or 150 feet, depending on who you talk to, the little uh, plant-sucking insects called aphids that feed off the blackberries. They feed off the blackberries, but they don't do them any particular harm. But then they go feed off your black raspberries, and they give your black raspberries a viral disease. And I found that completely true. Because I'd read it, and I thought, hey, all this other stuff I read about taking care of berries is wrong. What if I just try it? 
because I've got black raspberries at home, and I've got a billion black raspberries at home, and I need to get rid of some of those little sprouts anyway. So it's either mow them or try and transplant them. So all I'm risking is some labor. And I put the labor in, and they looked beautiful for about two months. They immediately rooted. They started sprouting new canes. They started flowering. They started growing all over the place. And then we got to late summer, and between one week and the next, almost all of them dried up and died. Which probably means they got the viral disease. A few have survived, and they're still going, and they're starting to flower again. So I think I may have selected out the ones that were most resistant to that viral disease. But I lost a bunch of them. So you lost a lot of work. I lost some work. A lot would be kind of an overstatement. And actually, if you want to, you can transplant the uh, ones that are more viral resistant, apparently, to the uh, to the place go. I mean, to the location where you had planted the others that died off. Yeah, what I'm doing now is I'm walking them because they're starting to make long enough canes that the canes are getting ready to touch the ground. And I'm just uh, touching them into the ground along the same fence line in the direction I want them to expand. And those raspberries, once they got going at home, were so prolific, I have to um, clip them back just because I want some blackberries, some raspberries, and some grapes along that fence line. Clip them back so we can get in the back door, which is 50 feet away from the fence? (laughs) They're not that bad. If I didn't care about those other berries, I wouldn't have to do anything except mow as far in as I want to not have more plants spring up. That'd be all right. But I do want those other berries, so I cut the uh, raspberries enough to give the blackberries some space and give the grapes some space. By the way, that's what I did with the grapes, too. Bought some grapes, stuck them in the ground, jumped back, and have been having a profusion of grapes for years and years ever since. I don't take any particular care of them. Um, Last couple of years, I've gotten uh, some compost mulch in, a a truckload, throw most of it on the garden. I've given them a few shovelfuls just to show show them I care. And when I put wood mulch down so I don't have to weed so much, I've been tossing some of it under the vines just so there's... Not as many nasty uh, weeds in my way when I go to pick my berries. We are driving past plowed ground. That's such an unusual sight anymore. Yeah, they don't plow it much anymore. They don't plow it in in North Missouri anymore. It's almost all no-till. So, yeah, one of the problems she's had with her, like, her her grapes are, you know, she planted them pretty close to one of her other berries, and they've kind of of been fighting it out. Yeah. Turns out she uh, planted a, a, a seed of or a, a strain of Concord called the Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> They're always at war with their neighbors. But they make... I don't think those kids need candy either. Yeah. <laughs> so, we got raspberries, we got strawberries, we got grapes. We grow them. We go out with our white bucket, because we use a white bucket. I don't know why we use a white bucket. We use a white bucket. I... When I do it, I always use a stainless steel bucket. Or a the white buckets are bigger. So if I think I have... I always like the stainless steel one because it looks shinier. And it washes nicer. 
So if I think they'll all fit in the stainless steel bucket, I take that. But otherwise, I take one of the white ones because sometimes... We go out and we get it and we bring it in. And then what do we do with it? We've got all these berries. We've got all these grapes. What are we going to do with them? I am not much of a canner. I, I just don't have that much time in the summer. I I have this job thing, and then I have the other garden stuff going on. And we when we travel, we do tend to travel in the summer. So we do have a, a week or two when we're gone, and it's often at a prime time for this. So Yeah. So I don't do a whole lot of canning with them, but I'll freeze some. Because I really like them frozen, and they're easy and convenient to put away that way, and they're easy and convenient to eat that way. But if the power goes out, you lose everything that's frozen. So I freeze some. And uh, some of them I make fruit leather with. Like my raspberries, if it's been a dry year, they tend to be kind of small and not terribly juicy. So I make they make pretty good fruit leather. I throw a bunch of them in a blender blend them up, spread them out on a piece of waxed paper on top of my dehydrator trays, uh, dry them down. And make sure you get them dry. Yep. you got to make sure Other- fruit leather gets dry. Otherwise it molds. If it's not dry enough, it molds. Uh, cut it into strips. Roll the strips up with the wax paper still around it so it doesn't all stick to itself. Stick it in uh, mason jars, toss in a couple oxygen absorbers, apply a vacuum seal. As we can see from our post that just recently posted on 3BY and a podcast, vacuum sealing. On vacuum sealing. That's one of the things I do with it. Um, Now, we don't... For the grapes, I I blend up the grapes and run them through a strainer to get out the uh, seeds and the big chunky pieces of pulp that leaves a bunch of fine pieces of pulp and all the juice. And I just, to put that into some ice cube trays, freeze little cubes of grape juice, and then I use it that way. Because I haven't gotten into the wine-making groove yet. But I that's, that's something that's on my list to try fairly soon, because I've always got more Concord grape juice than I know what to do with. Okay, well, here's the thing. We don't grow, we don't have a big blueberry patch. Blueberries are kind of a different deal. They need soil that's more acidic than everything else likes. But what we do have is we have a local blueberry patch for people who do this. This is their thing. It's a you-pick place. It's a you-pick place, and she she's a locust. I hits them hard. They she know me the by hard. name. They remember me year to year. Because, <laughs> one, I love blueberries. I can sit and eat those suckers by the handful. And they're exceptionally healthful for you, too, which is a bonus. So I eat them by the lots when they're ripe. Blueberries are what they call a superfood because they've just got so much good stuff in them for yeah. you. So many antioxidants and vitamins and minerals. And, and they're just all superfood. And for those of you who prefer the low-carb diets, all these berries we've been talking about are fairly low-carb fruits. Yeah, they've got some fruit sugars, but they don't go crazy with the fruit sugars, except the grapes. Yeah, the grapes, grapes you have watch. plenty. Grapes, grapes can get pretty, sh- pretty sweet. Yeah. But the rest of them, 
considered fairly low-carb berries, especially the blackberries and raspberries. The, the, the blueberries just have so much good going on, too. Uh, I freeze some of them, and I dry blueberries. The raspberries were disappointing when I dried them. I couldn't find a way to dry them and have them still nice and tasty when I ate them later. They were always disappointing. Although they worked, they weren't good. So I kind of gave up on that, except for the fruit leather, which is pretty good. But the blueberries, first time I tried to dry those, I ran that sucker for a full day. And they still weren't dry. Because the skin of the blueberry is designed to keep moisture in. Hmm. So I read up on it and said, okay, you gotta blanch the blueberries. You gotta dip them briefly in boiling water, and then you dip them into ice water, and uh, then you dry them. I'm like, okay, that sounds like more of a hassle, but I'll give it a try. I tried it. Worked a little better, but still not great. Then I hit upon, well, the problem is that their skins are not letting the water out. I'm going to take these suckers and I'm going to squish them. And then I'm going to put them out on my trays. So I can either pinch the berries as I put them down to just split the skins... Or I put a bunch of them on a flat tray and put another flat tray on top of them and push down to squish the whole lot. As long as you got a nice split in the skin of each berry, they'll dry in a reasonable amount of time. Now, those guys, you don't want to take all the way to crispy dry because they lose flavor. But they also didn't mold when I took them to just leathery. And I vacuum sealed them as I usually do. I let them sit a year to see how well they were going to sit. I tried eating them, and they're good that way. So now I dry some blueberries every year. A lot of her berries end up on cereal. Yep. Um, a lot of her berries end up on another superfood, oatmeal. Yep. She, she puts them on her gruel. If they so, are dried, either leather or whole... You can make what they call a compote, which means you get the dried berries in a little dish. You add a little bit of boiling water to them. You let them sit there for like 10 minutes and, and rehydrate in the uh, water that was boiling when you put it in there. And you got this uh, thickened, chunky fruit stuff that is Blue called a compote. Blueberry soup. Yeah. Chunky blueberry soup. You can put that directly on pancakes if you're that way. I've been known to put it on top of peanut butter on bread. It's almost a jellyish, almost, not quite. Without but added sugar. Without, yeah. without the sweet. Uh-huh. I like it better than regular well, jelly. Well, it's, got, a, it's got more of a tart taste to it. I've had this before. My mom used to make it every once in a while. Yeah. It has a kind of a tart taste to it. Not really tart, but it's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, American tastes are pretty tuned to high sugar. And this is... Kind of sweet, but it's also got the tartness of the, the fruit natural to it. And there's not extra sugar added to overwhelm that. So it's kind of sweet, but not overwhelmingly sweet. And it's still got the tart tang. I like it myself. And I make tea in, a lot of times in the morning. And I like my teas flavored. And I just drop some uh, dehydrated berries or berries that are frozen or... Little chunks of fruit leather or whatever's handy. 
drop that in when I pour the hot water in to make the tea. And then I've got raspberry tea or blueberry tea or something like that. You can drink it hot. You can cool it down and have it iced later. Nice flavoring without added sweetener. You also can use it to make uh, pies and things. But I'm not a big baker, so I don't. Now, strawberries are a different kettle of fish. They are perennials, though. So once you plant strawberries, you can keep picking on them. And they will also send out runners and sprout down new plants to fill out the area where you let them grow. But I found a lovely trick for strawberries, which is why I want to bring them up. First, they do dry down nice. You can dry them. And you can make a fruit uh, compote out of them later. But the pain about strawberries is the slicing. Because if you're going to dehydrate them, you got to slice them first. And a lot of times, if you're going to freeze them, you want to slice them first. Get out your egg slicer, the one for your boiled eggs. You put the strawberry in the egg slicer and uh, close the top. Turn it down upside down over the place you're trying to collect your berries. Squish it closed. You've sliced that whole berry up. One move. Good to know. Yep. And then you can pull out the slices and lay them on the dryer tray. Or you can... a little bit of uh, juice in the bottom, which somehow never gets further than my lips. I don't know how that happens. You can also use a food processor, of course. If you have one of those, just detop this the thing. <laughs> I'm just thinking, oh, you're a stupid dog. We had a dog that was so <laughs> dumb. This dog was just dumb as a post. Sweet natured dog, great dog, wonderful dog, but dumb as a post. The spice to be sitting there eating strawberries out of the bowl. This dog would be sitting there staring at her, going, oh. That's human food. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. Can I have some? Can I have some? She'd give the dog the strawberry top. And the dog would eat anything else I handed to her. If I was eating it, she would eat it. That was her rule. But when I had strawberries, I didn't feed her the strawberries. I like my strawberries. I'm not going to feed them to the dog. She doesn't appreciate them properly. If she eats anything I'll eat, I'll give her the, t- the tops. Just a little top of the so strawberry. I'd, I'd little... eat the rest of the strawberry and hand her the top. And she'd take it like it was a real prize and she'd mumble it around in her mouth for a minute. And then she'd get this disappointed look on her face like, what's this? And kind of drop the strawberry top and look at me like, you didn't give me human food, did you? That's not what you're eating, is it? You got something better there, don't you? Wouldn't well, eat the strawberry tops. This, this dog was so dumb that you just take... Her dog food, her dry dog food, because we we fed her dry dog food. We set it out. She could eat as much as she wanted. She was certainly she was actually a very fit dog. Um, and but you'd pick it up and act like it was a treat, man. She'd go she'd go nuts to get it, and she'd eat it, and she'd think she'd be getting something she'd special. Giving it to her one piece at a time, it became a prize. She was she was a a darker colored dog, so and she was in no way bright, not even in color. <laughs> Good dog though. Yeah. Yeah, we had her 16 and a half years. She was a good one. Anyway, I thought that was like... Yep. Even she wasn't dumb enough to eat strawberry tops. You can use the um, food processor to make strawberry leather. I tried it to slice up to dehydrate 
and they're a little bit soft. I don't have a really high-end food processor. I got a generic, fairly low-end version, which is fine for my needs. But it, at least, did not slice them cleanly enough for dehydrating nicely. So some of the nice ones can do a really good job on them. Yeah. So we're not going to pay that kind of money. We're, she's, she's got a thing about countertop appliances. She doesn't like them. I don't have very much countertop. And she's so not I have to, to be on a strict diet of what countertop appliances we yeah, Our countertop appliances really, um, her, her boiler, she has a boiler. Instant pot. And, uh, uh, and, an instant and, a, pot. and a hot water kettle. Hot water kettle, that's what I mean, your boiler thing. Because she wakes up long before I do, and she doesn't want to wake me up by making a lot of cooking sounds. And uh, then you got the, the toaster, which has the egg cooker in it. And that's about it. But everything else gets put away. Yep. I mean, we've got a blender. We've got a, you know, all this other stuff. But it all gets put away. I don't want any more stuff generally that I can fit on top of the refrigerator because that's my storage spot that I can pull down easily. Oh. After that, it starts to get to be a lot of work to pull stuff out. Prepping in an Instapot. We could do Instapot prepping. Now, it doesn't sound like much of a prepper, a prepping thing, but it is because it helps you quickly eat your prep food. It may not help you in an actual prepping situation, but it helps you rotate through your food very quickly. Yeah. And it keeps you healthy. So Because yeah, it's, it's a, a, a fast way to... Um, a lot of times the dehydrated food takes a long cooking time otherwise well, to both uh, rehydrate and... We'll consider that. You may hear, you may see a, a post in a podcast on it, on the Instant Pot at some point in time, because it's the it's pretty cool. So, can you think of anything else we need to add to the berries? No, I, I think I need to... can't really pick any yet today. They're just starting to ripen on me, the earliest ones are. So we'll just have to let it sit for now. All right. Well, we're going to catch you later. So thank you for listening to us, and we'll catch you next time.